welcome to Feminists Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting fire hose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week we begin by venting about the news, we'll go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. And just a reminder if you're enjoying us to rate, review, subscribe, recommend us, it really helps other people discover us, and we always welcome feedback on our social media. We're at FWM Podcast on Facebook and Feminists Without Mystique on Instagram. And if you want, you can support us on Kofi, K-O-F-I, at Feminists Without Mystique. Here we are. Happy Here Pride. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Happy Pride. Oh, my goodness. Our main topic, we'll, we'll have a little news um but yeah we're we're getting into all the anti-lgbtq legislation violence just general backsliding of society um into a dark and scary place yay that's right um but first uh, we have we want to recognize we have juneteenth coming up on uh june 19th um celebrated or observed by some on the on the 20th Juneteenth, June 19th, 1865, was the day Union soldiers actually enforced the Emancipation Proclamation and the remaining enslaved people in Texas were freed from that enslavement. So it's an important day to celebrate. Um, There are some valid critiques as to who actually gets that day off (laughs) and whether it's disproportionately white people. It definitely is. (laughs) Oopsie doopsies. Um... But, I mean, as a white person, I can say we're making great progress. (laughs) Uh, I'm glad it's actually, like, being recognized as the important holiday it is. And hopefully it can be a day where it's considered a day where people have it off in general, not just Mm -hmm. for working for certain types of organizations. Um, Yeah, for your white people. There is a great meme, which, of course, I now can't find quickly, but where um, it's like someone who's at the ground level and they're like sticking their foot up a, up a flight of steps and they're reaching for like that fifth step. And like the steps in between where they're standing and where their foot is, is like meaningful police reform, like environmental activism, uh, like, you know, <laughs> like real essentially like any of the legislative priorities for Black Lives Matter. And then like the top one is Juneteenth. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically like we're skipping all those steps. Right. It's, you know, darkly fucked up and funny, but, um, you know. A barbecue, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We have another day off. <laughs> we love it. Meaningful change. We could have another day off to grill and chill, you know. <laughs> grill and chill. I also, we totally, or I forgot when we were discussing and before we, before we got on, that could be like another, another thing we could call our podcast. Like before we, you and I are always like, before we hit record, (laughs) um, coming up in another episode, we'll discuss, uh, the January 6th commission. Like once that kind of gets rolling a little bit more, but I just did want to, I forgot that I wanted to like mention that, oh my God, um, it actually is pretty fascinating I kind of am very jaded about what would actually come out of this but already there's more footage from January 6th that's pretty chilling that's been released like that whole fucking thing oh my god so much is happening yeah yeah (laughs) so damning oh oh god we didn't even ah yeah Trump was like very much I don't want to stop it 
I just wanted to keep going on and maybe we should hang like pets. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty bad. And they previewed something from tomorrow, which by the time this airs, people will like know, but they previewed this thing that's fascinating. Now, one of Trump's one of the guys on Trump's campaign was like, are you effing kidding me? The only thing I want to hear from you in the next like six weeks is uh, orderly transition of power. And I was just sort of like got chills. I was like, wow, I can't believe like I actually didn't realize, I think, the extent. Yeah. 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 And so. the pe- even the people that were quote unquote on his side, a lot of them were like, mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like I guess, yeah, Ivanka was like, ah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, gosh. Mm. <laughs> Her Zoom was, it did bring me joy just to also know that like they all had to, or unless they weren't going to cooperate, which a lot of people didn't cooperate, but yeah. her and Jared cooperating and like basically having to be there and have, you know, answer for some of this stuff. And she had to be like, I believed, I believe what Bill Barr was telling me or what mm-hmm. Bill Barr was telling us. And my dad tweeted like, happy Father's Day from Trump because Trump like threw her under the bus immediately and was like, Ivanka just believed Barr because like she had to or something. It was just like. <laughs> Ivanka the golden child. I know. But it's also like when Mr. Barr is the, uh, the bar. <laughs> Seriously. No one can limbo under that bar. It's so low. Oh my gosh. Oh man, I know him. Them opening with him being like, "I told him it was bullshit. I told him there was no evidence of fraud in the election." Who, mm-hmm. who boy? What's good? <laughs> and the thing is, <laughs> will any of it matter? I don't Probably know. Any repercussions? I'm not sure, but I hope there are. I know. I hope I get to live to see the day where Donald Trump's in little handicuffies. Um, yeah. You know, COVID didn't quite turn out the way. <laughs> Almost I thought it would for him. You um, know, only because he was the president. Turns out he was deeply, deeply ill and he was wildly <laughs> sick. If he were just a human in the middle of the country, yeah, I don't think he would have survived. And he, I mean, he had access to all of the things. And even then, it was he was pretty, uh, pretty close there. Yeah. Not root, I wasn't rooting for anything. I'm not, a, you know, <laughs> not ghoulish. Um, <laughs> You know, at the time, we were curious. It definitely challenged a lot of people, including myself, uh, Mm. on, you know, what kind of person am I? I mean, I was challenged. (laughs) Challenged. (laughs) Um, I hope he does go to jail. Um, Yeah. I hope he pays for his own incarceration somehow because I think the idea of taxpayers paying for his digs, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like with Harvey Weinstein now appearing like very old and pale and shriveled and, you know, like needing, he just seems like such a shadow of himself. Yeah, like I would love to see Trump kind of in in a similar sort of withered state getting escorted to jail. He doesn't look good, but he doesn't look withered either, you know. No, that man gets as many burgers with ketchup as he wants. So much ketchup. And Sorry like, about the bell. That's my thing. cat. <laughs> <laughs> Never apologize. <laughs> this is his revenge. I know. He's me. Time to All right. Tuesday night. Time to ring the bell. Time to ring this bell. He's <laughs> <laughs> a little scamp. He needs it. Um, and then something we're not going. God, no, January 6th. We're going to have to like go down the lot. I know. <laughs> I just, so much is going to cut. But like, will justice be served? Is justice a thing anymore? In the high- I, I'm not sure. No, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, 
apparently there was an armed man at a youth day camp in Dallas mm. uh, and police responded quickly and um, shot the man and he is now in the or he died in the hospital we don't know a lot of details yet about it um, again by the time it airs maybe we'll know everything mm-hmm. um, it's interesting to me that the shooter um, no kids were shot um, thankfully Thank yeah. yeah he shot a, I guess a shot in the air or something Mm-hmm. alerted people and then they they came um but he was a a black man um and i wonder if that has anything to do with the the swiftness by which um he was shot so it's a it's a it seems like it's going to be an interesting weird one to unpack um yeah because you yeah anywho we'll unpack that later then <laughs> yeah no but it's super uncomfortable like I mean the um the way that it seems like white white male shooters that are between the ages of 18 and 21 mm-hmm. are treated super differently than um even though they're you know they're mass shooters who have slaughtered many people somehow they're taken into custody mm-hmm. unharmed most of the time yeah. yeah it's a problem I mean not that you know it's just yeah it's, it's a dicey <laughs> <laughs> the dicey issue, uh, indeed. But it is quite interesting that um, young white men can often shoot and kill or attempt to kill many people and come out alive. Um, yeah. Interesting. Interesting coincidence. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So just careening towards disaster i think um (laughs) um yeah but getting sort of to the main topic uh i it's just been interesting i mean interesting is like way overused and inaccurate in this case but i feel like throughout the last couple of months I've been, you know, I'll scroll through Twitter or just be on different, you know, consuming the news and just keep seeing all of these, like, either horrific violence towards the LGBTQ community or another depressing piece of legislation enacted against, like, trans children, um, another sort of stupid, quote unquote, moderate think piece about, like, you know, the role of trans children in sports sporting events um and it's so dominating discourse and um legislative priorities across the country that and i'll just kind of i'll just want to like flick it off me you know in terms of like the news it's like go away maybe if i don't click on this it'll be less of a fucking problem um but of course that hasn't happened um and so yeah we just thought that we'd kind of get into this like really this huge uptick in anti-LGBTQ legislation. There's a documentary that sort of sucks a lot that's come out recently. Um, And it's just, I think, playing into, again, like as you and I have said so many times at this point, just feeling like we are in a really dark place as a country. This Mm -hmm. feeds right into that because it seems like it's being used, the issue of like the quote unquote, like the issue of LGBTQ rights has become, mm-hmm. and, and 
those of children's rights have become like a cudgel um, and a way to just a, a cultural hotbed of like um, toxic uh, discourse that a local local politics turned national. And um, yeah, so we're going to kind of get into that. Get into that, yeah, with a particular focus on um, anti-trans legislation and mm-hmm. because that's something that has been um, getting even more pervasive, um, hitting record numbers of um, murders of trans individuals as well as legislation against them. I think mm-hmm. it's probably related violence and, and laws do, uh, mm-hmm. rhetoric do have uh, connections. Um, a lot of things that we, I think we've both seen in recently that it feels like needs more space than a WCU. Um, and yeah, so I guess we'll just get into it. Yeah. Um, it's just that like, it's, it's just to an overall, the overall statistic, at least that I saw, and I'm like, let me know if you saw something different, but that there's been um, over 200, actually 238 LGBTQ bill, anti-LGBTQ bills introduced in nearly 40 states mm-hmm. uh, in like the last year, which is an uptick from, you know, for instance, in 2018, when there were like 41 anti-LGBTQ um, laws trying to be passed. So anyway, it's sort of like this, there's just this like, cumulatively enormous push towards um trying to restrict um to to put restrictions around people in the lgbtq community and and as you say specifically the trans community and then even more devastatingly specifically children so yeah trans kids and over 130 of those statutes that have been introduced so far are anti-trans um specifically and it's so i guess i'll just I, I'm the B. I'm bi. I feel like I should just like say that again here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird. <laughs> not. <laughs> it's weird because I'm married to a man, and like, I in my day to day life, I don't really get any sort of like hatred because people walking by this, me on the street don't know. Um, so it's really just like on the internet where I'm like, oh, that person wants me to die. I guess that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, carry on. Um, but just for the sake of visibility, um, I'll just awkwardly throw that out there and then we can, uh, carry on, uh, cause it's not about me. I'm just saying it to sort of, you know, no, I think it's visible, you know, <laughs> yeah. anyway. well, no, I think that is important to like add because I think a lot of people, uh, who identify as bi are like, you know, where do I fit into this or like into this conversation or yeah. like, is it relevant? And I feel like it, it just, the, like the more people who who are and just say that it like helps I, hopefully um you know maybe one more person feels comfortable saying that they are and like just is more normalized and I don't know like I'm glad that you I'm glad that you said it thanks girl <laughs> anywho diving back into <laughs> violence and hell um <sighs> this past uh weekend actually there were several instances of some really scary shit um and oh speaking back to the violence um there's been an increase in violence against trans people um that has accompanied the recent escalation anti-trans legislation 
um, last year, at least 57 trans people were killed, um, the deadliest year ever for trans people in this country. And that is a wild underestimation by all mm-hmm. accounts. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we know that it's the, the deadliest year on record. Um, but in Idaho, um, the, the good old Proud Boys. And Patriot Front, but basically yeah. same fucking thing, you know. <laughs> white supremacist, white male rage group. Yeah, there are group. a few of them, a few fun clubs that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, over 30 of them masked in uniform white nationalists um came in a u-haul with shields there was a smoke grenade i guess mm-hmm. um, metal poles everything that they need um because they wanted to attack the pride in the park festivities um yeah patriot front uh thanks to just proud boys has become like sharpie as marker you know right right um so thankfully someone saw them and mm-hmm. tipped off and they were intercepted and uh, 31 men were arrested for conspiracy to riot um which is i think what i i can't speak for other people but i you know where i live now there's like gonna be a fun little pride event and i want to go but there's also like in the back of my mind mm-hmm. i mean also the grocery store and like literally everywhere back of my mind like someone's gonna come and mm-hmm. shoot people here um because there's also i mean gun violence in this country is everywhere and i live near new haven now and in the night sometimes i hear gunshots and that's the first couple nights it happened i couldn't sleep and now i'm just sort of like it's far enough away i guess yeah. um, you just kind of get used to it i suppose um if you want to own a home millennials yeah oh, God. <laughs> you gotta live somewhere with, with the gun violence um but i digress uh, I'm, I'm still going to go, but that is something in the back of my mind, um, especially with all this stuff that's been going on very publicly, mm-hmm. um, this in Idaho where you just, you know, you feel like it's not super unlikely that some, that a pride event would be targeted. And then you see that it is targeted and then you think, oh, should I go, you know, especially with my yeah. baby? Yeah. It, and then you know you want to do the the brave thing and and go and but it is scary because it's happening and people are feeling emboldened and people are using the internet and the interwebs yeah. <laughs> to find one another and um conspire together in really um terrifying ways yeah i mean and like in this instance, thank goodness too, because there's a lot of people with, with Patriot Front, with Proud Boys that are associated with different police stations. Mm-hmm. But thank goodness that in Cordeline, like there was, uh, you know, the police took it seriously and they actually a- acted and, and um, detained these people. And they're now receiving death threats, um, some of the people in the Cordeline Police Department. Um, so, it's just like it's not even a given that a police department would take this necessarily seriously the tip off and um it is one of those things where um these extremist ideologies uh like patriot front which promotes fascism and the creation of a white ethno state 
um, they are on the rise. Like these, these extremist groups are growing and growing. And um, I think that they're, the hatred is like distributed, you know, towards people who are going to pride events, um, towards school council meetings on critical race theory. Um, there is a lot of different, I think, ways in which these groups will continue to mobilize against just general local um, community events. Um, and it's really scary, especially when they're allowed to be armed heavily the way that they are. Um, and, you know, a lot of social media groups like Libs of TikTok um, will promote uh, liberal TikTok accounts or different you know, different pride events or like, and, and, and suddenly something that's super local, like a little local community event will become something that has been amplified to, um, vicious hate groups with nothing but time on their hands. They mobilize and they go to this, this poor, you know, local community reading with a drag queen reading to children or something. And, mm -hmm. and suddenly they're surrounded by hate, hateful screaming fascists. Uh, yeah. That's great. a good point made about the police and it's again interesting is the wrong word but to see where this goes because in january the, january 6 we saw um violence against officers from people probably wearing blue lives matter things right <laughs> you know? um and and oftentimes we've seen police not so subtly siding with proud boys and groups like patriot front um so it I, I'm wondering if there'll be some kind of a shift and if so like what leg these groups are gonna have to stand on because I feel like to this point part of why they've been able to inflict some of the damage that they have is because the police feel like they're you know one and the same and as they sort of do these things um I wonder if that's going to shift in some way um yeah and yeah the, what you referred to the the drag queen storytelling hour which was believed to be the proud boys um patriot front uh so hard to keep them straight honestly there there are so many um they were screaming the what who were believed to be proud boys screaming anti-trans anti-gay slurs um during like what you said a drag queen storytelling hour which is specifically for like drag queens to tell stories like like they had one at the zoo in seattle that was really popular and it's a really sweet mm -hmm. like there's there's no reason to go there and do that and it's like if you're concerned about kids where are you gonna go scream hateful things around them um, right scare them by yelling groomer something that i we can maybe get into later in the conversation but like yeah yeah threatened the attendees yeah said the adults were groomers really disgusting unnecessary stuff and it's like all the shit it's if you really cared about kids you wouldn't be doing this because totally. when you i mean one you can go to a drag storytelling hour without being a gay kid you know yeah yeah you can be a straight kid a cis kid and go to a drag storytelling hour and enjoy it um but we know that kids who are queer who receive like hateful messaging and who don't receive support are at monumentally higher risk of depression suicidality um issues like that so if you actually cared about kids and their health 
um, you wouldn't be going to their storytelling hours and screaming. But at the end of the day, I don't think the Proud Boys or Patriot Front really care about kids. Right. It's definitely not about protecting children, just as it's never about protecting women, just as it's never about truth being told when it's about critical race theory, because it's always about controlling people and the narratives that they don't understand, they don't like, they, you know, it's, and, and, and the fact that, that, that um, the political party that more aligns with Proud Boys, Patriot Front, and white supremacists is like continuing to somehow win and dominate the narrative and dominate sort of the discussion that we all have to respond to is so frustrating and, and a feeling of, I think, both sides. But like, we really, I, I really don't know what to do or where to go with the fact that we have to somehow debate these people, <laughs> like, and engage with what they I, put on the table. Right. And it's like, and that's what, that's one of the things that really bums me out gets my go to is like I don't know how to quote unquote win that and it's not about winning it's about protecting people and protecting their rights but it's hard to know how to do that when like logic and empathy aren't doing it you know yeah but (laughs) (laughs) it's me I guess um there has been a ton of legislation um proposed and passed um, to remove health care, to, um, I mean, all, all kinds of things, a lot of shit in schools that has been happening um, over the years and particularly in the last few years. Um, I don't like the amount of, <laughs> the amount of things I have written down <laughs> for this are, mm-hmm. it's staggering. Um, the more I think you and I, not to toot our own horns, but we keep pretty (laughs) abreast of these things and we try to stay informed and like the deeper I, and I knew this was a huge issue and I saw a lot of things, was reading about a lot of things that were happening, but like the deeper I went into it, the more and more and more I uncovered. Um, And it's terrifying and depressing Mm -hmm. and heartbreaking and... um, all of the things, um, I guess we can just start with the, um, Texas, one of the, one of the things in Texas, um, should just at some point be its own, its own total podcast topic is we just go, okay, fucking Texas. All right, Texas. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey going to be the savior. Of yeah. Maybe like the thing is Maybe. Maybe. And maybe that's okay. I don't know what I need to make anymore. Um, but it would be much better than Greg Abbott. Right. Um, so there was a an anti-trans order um, in Texas. Um, and it was revealed that a teenage trans boy had attempted suicide on the same day that that was ordered. And what that order was, was that the parents of trans kids had to be investigated as potential child abusers. Mm. Um, and that could, and their doctors and their families could be held accountable, criminal charges, like $10,000 fines. Um, so, I mean, thankfully with an asterisk, um, there's a temporary restraining order from a judge um, this past week that has blocked uh, CPS, Child Protective Services, from investigating the families who are allowing their trans kids to receive gender-affirming health care. Um, 
but with this and with, and there are a few other examples of really um, awful, awful, unjust laws that are being blocked temporarily by judges, which is a good thing, but it is scary because the courts don't stop there. And <laughs> when you get higher up in the courts because mm -hmm. of some shit bags like Mitch McConnell, um, you, you run quite a high risk of having those blocks stopped essentially um, because of the conservative and not just conservative, but like the hateful fucking conservatives who are in a lot of those seats. Yeah. So thank you, Trump. Thank you, McConnell. <laughs> thank, thanks, boys. You thanks. did you did great. And the thing is, like, I don't know that either of them even well, I know Trump. I don't think either of them really even believes in any of the shit mm -hmm. that they're working to. They, it's all a game. Um, mm -hmm. It's all a game for power. It's just like a tired fucking story um it's been told before but it's not just a story it's real people's lives so yeah. um i'm glad that it's been blocked for now but this is like quite a vicious vicious um law and it's like i remember when the bathroom bills were starting and people there were some people saying it's not that big of a deal mm -hmm. um, but the natural progression of those kinds of things are are these Right, um, and when you have governors doing shit like this, how can how can trans kids feel safe um, in this country and in those states? And I don't know the answer to that. Right, um, but it's, I mean, yeah, the the fact that affirming gender affirming care would would it's it's unbelievable. I mean, it's believable because of where we're at but mm -hmm. when you know that gender affirming care is the intervention that saves these kids lives mm -hmm. um i mean it's i think it's something like 75 percent more or less likely to attempt to harm themselves if they're receiving gender affirming care it might be 74 percent, but it's it's around there it's above 70 what who are you trying to help here? right right you're not obviously no one uh, i know right. that but <laughs> I mean, it, it's a very frustrating thing, too, because it's like there was what the Pew Research poll about that found that, OK, 0.6 percent of Americans identify as transgender. But among people 18 to 29, that rate, that percentage rose to like 2 percent um, and an additional 1 percent of Americans said they're non-binary. Um, and again, that rose slightly higher to 3 percent um, when you look at just the population between 18 to 29. Okay, so we're talking about maximum 3% of the population, probably total. And then when it's shrinking to children, so under 18, it's an even smaller group of people. The conversation focusing around what we should do with children frustrates me, I mean, I guess for a couple of reasons. But like you say, like there's, so, there's such a high degree of um, suicidal ideation in children when they're – or in teens when they um, – if they're identifying as transgender or have, you know, or non-binary and are just kind of trying to figure themselves out. Um, and if that can be helped by being kind of just listened to and validated, um, I think I'm trying to find the place in my notes where I have about um, where it talks about how um, most, most 
medical experts, you know, don't recommend actual surgical procedures until after 18 anyway. So that's not really happening, um, like, in any statistically significant um, numbers yeah. and not, not the way that conservatives would have you think. And they also recommend, you know, hormone therapies for at least a year before making any of those decisions. So the medical experts in these fields know what they're doing and, and kind of know how to, or, and are learning and getting better every day with more research and more, you know, dollars being put towards trying to understand and help this population um, they're not, there's, it's, even if you are someone who thinks that you actually genuinely are trying to help children, may, you know, not make a mistake. Cause I think when I was trying to read like, okay, what's like the best argument for people feeling like they must intervene at this mm -hmm. stage? Um, it's sort of like, well, we don't want kids to make decisions and like start taking hormone therapy or get a surgery before they really know because their brains haven't developed. No. Like, Okay, I feel like that's the strongest sort of argument I could wrap my brain around. Like you, okay, if you really feel that way. But first of all, if it's a case between like someone feeling like they literally don't want to be in the world, like, and they're going to end their life, or they want to try hormone blockers or whatever, like that feels like a complete no brainer to me, <laughs> like in terms of what needs to happen. And also, it just makes me sad that like, there's so many problems going on in the world. And I kind of, I, I know that this is maybe a little bit reductive, but it just feels like why are so many people choosing to focus their time and their energy and their legislative priorities on this, like incredibly on, on harming a, a very small and the, probably the most vulnerable um, or one of the most vulnerable populations in the country and propping up these like very specific things like, you know, transgender athletes in schools it's like like why why does that have to be like a national ongoing conversation instead of something that's like handled like sensitively at the school level i just there yeah there's this idea that these kids are making these irreversible decisions that they're later going to wildly regret um but first of all up until a certain age all that's happening is haircuts and clothing change mm-hmm no one is being harmed by that. And then there are hormone blockers um, at a certain point, and those are reversible. And for the, the athlete argument, it actually makes the bones of kids not as strong while they're on them, hmm. which, was, which I thought was interesting. And they're not yeah. sure exactly why that happens, but it is, it is reversible. Um, and before 12, there's literally no difference whatsoever um, between student athletes of any gender mm -hmm. and sidebar there are um, there are advantages physical advantages that athletes at a certain level have regardless of whether they're cis or trans if you get to a certain level you have physical advantages whether you're taller whether your muscle composition is this or that like mm -hmm. so can we just <laughs> yeah that yeah. And move on. And as far as the gender affirming surgery goes, only one out of four people who identify as trans or gender nonconforming need or want gender affirming surgery. And like you said, that doesn't happen until you're 18. Mm -hmm. um, so those, those are all, I feel, points we should, we should bring up as we get into this discussion. Yeah. I do feel like 
these statistics and the the kind of the reality of the fact that we are dealing with such a small a, a very small percentage of of the population and of that small percentage there's a variety of different ways for those children to explore themselves and what feels right for them and their bodies and their minds and that's should be sort of a personal choice that they can talk to their provider and their family and just themselves and experts about like aside from that (laughs) and the fact that like after 18 they can make decisions about medical you know any medical interventions that they want but like this should not be driving national campaigns um like national political campaigns it shouldn't be drawing the ire of violent hate groups that happens when sometimes there are these like local personalities or teachers or um, kids post a TikTok and then it gets amplified by like the libs of TikTok account and suddenly again drawing national attention to a local person who's unprepared for the vitriol and attention that they might unfortunately get by being amplified by an, a, a hate account like that. I guess the reason why I'm kind of pausing here is just to like to emphasize what to me feels like an absolutely ridiculous outsized focus in the news, in think pieces, in op-ed pieces, on Fox News, of course, where unfortunately they drive discourse that now we all have to respond to. But And weren't airing the January 6th shit. No, they were not. No, they weren't. Yeah, (laughs) not to totally sidebar us, but like... I mean... Really, you can't call yourself news. I mean, you've been that for a long time, but... No, I know. I... I (laughs) Yeah. So I think just the fact that we ha- we're having to have this conversation points to sort of an ugliness of where we're at and like where uh, an ugliness of the cultural moment an ugliness of like where our politics are. I would try to make an appeal to people who consider themselves liberal or people who consider themselves generally Democrats or left leaning to just like really if you see something that seems overly sensationalized about trans kids and competing in sports you know (laughs) my plea would be to just like take a deep breath like ask yourself why it even is that you think that this is like popping up in your feed because like why 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 do you see so many stories about this (laughs) like because why are we all focused on this all the time um and maybe just like try to give it like some perspective like this is not something that really deserves everyone's constant attention <laughs> like yeah. no um and <laughs> in gosh in fucking ohio and other places um but in ohio there was a measure that republican um state legislators passed and if it becomes law um pretty literally anyone who says <laughs> I don't know if they're cisgender girl or not, mm-hmm. um, would require a quote unquote gender verification test, which involves an internal and external examination, mm-hmm. um, which involves um, someone's fingers going inside of you, essentially, in quite an invasive manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyone, so it's like a parent of another kid. literally anyone could demand this if this becomes law which will also hurt cis girls i don't know like yeah (laughs) which i feel like some some people need that perspective to understand like this doesn't 
if it just impacted trans kids, that would be more than enough. Yep. Um, but this would be, it would just open the door to so much fucked up shit where you, Mm -hmm. and then it's like, how do you decide and define what a quote unquote girl is? Because the thing is like testosterone levels vary among Mm -hmm. gender girls. Um, very much so and other things do as well so it's like there's not that's the thing that's why it's not cut and dry Mm -hmm. and if you just accept people for the way that they identify it's a lot easier than trying to define things because gender isn't the scientifically defined thing that people like once thought it was right And, and I just the idea of your kid having to undergo that because people are transphobes whether your kid's trans or not like it, it it's it's so disgusting and um and the fact that not, it's also like for girls teams yeah oh yeah no no it's disgusting for girls teams um it's another layer like there's no there's no version of this this bill that would be okay um no. but no. it's it's so disgusting. It's it, it feels like some version of like medical rape. Yes. Um, to basically, oh, if you want to play on the team, then you have to let someone put them their hands inside of you um, for no medical reason. Right. Just to so you can have a doctor's note saying that you have you know a vagina. Like, and what if you're born in or like it's just there's so many things. I mean. For so many girls at that at that age, you haven't even like had a pelvic exam. I don't think like you're no, no like that's you're Terrified. not right. Was, like in college, I feel like right, like that. So that would be traumatic and painful and and humiliating. And not to mention like, well, this this goes back to fucking Texas again. But this is another one of those laws that is now it's like basically the the tattletale laws that they have that the Supreme Court has basically said is okay based on Texas um creating that sneaky law to basically get around Roe v. Wade and to embattle planned parenthood and other you know clinics providing abortion from all fronts by saying that if you're a private citizen and you think that and anyone who aids and abets an abortion you can sue them as a private citizen um or and um if you turn out to be right you might get ten thousand dollars basically you get a bounty and your legal fees paid this is sort of and there have been many different um laws that are duplicating that throughout the country and now this is this is the type of this is another tattletale law this is like you get to basically say with no basis there's no no bar that you need to clear not that you ever fucking should but like there's no bar you can just say i want that person to prove that they're like a woman or a girl in this case, like it's so perverse. It's so disgusting. And it also is, do we really want to also be like, I mean, do we really want to be emboldening parents, sports parents? Because like those people go to all sorts of different lengths. I mean, have you seen a sports documentary? Have you seen like, (laughs) I mean, there's, there's so many different documented cases of parents going absolutely off the rails for their children when it comes to sports and the hyper competitive nature of high school sports, even middle school sports. It's like a whole culture that is uh, like totally out of control sometimes. And so yeah, this is like weird yelling from the sidelines. So, but I will never participate in. 
like this is I mean oh my gosh please the second that I realized there you know what it entailed to be on the so try to be on the soccer team in high school I was like no um my cat is clearly agreeing so many so much bells on this side (laughs) um he's really getting his revenge for me putting it on him um anyway no I'm glad that you brought up this bill because uh I have a feeling it probably will become law. And again, like as with a lot of these disgusting um, perversions of of the way that laws are supposed to work in this country, which is not supposed to be private citizens just like tattling on one another, like right. like, like it's just going to get worse and worse, I think. Um, like, it, oh my God, it's, it's really... Uh, scary because it's kind of like it seems like there's been so much progress um in this country on on um lgbtq and trans rights for for a bit a while i mean a while being like what five years eight eight ten years whatever but um the the swift and toxic violent um backlash is really um it is spreading like wildfire. And, um, so, uh, yeah, that Ohio case is scary. The, um, Florida, we, we sort of talked about the don't say gay, uh, laws. Um, but they also have legislation similar to the Ohio law, similar in, in structure and similar to Texas, which allow parents to sue if they suspect their children are being taught critical race theory. Um, which again, like, did they provide a definition of critical race theory that is the problem? Of course not. It's just a catch-all lazy term for being taught probably like the history of race in America relatively accurately. And that right. like probably like out. even a watered down version of it. Right. <laughs> like I'm, I'm trying to white kid feel bad. <laughs> like, oh my God. That one, that really, really, um, yeah, that really bothers me. This whole this whole spate of 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 laws that are basically feeding private citizens rage and boredom and um, prejudices is really gross. Um, yeah. So, and, and there are already like what seventeen or eighteen states that ban transgender women and girls from competing on female sports teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I just did it. Also, mm-hmm. sidebar in Ohio. Um, there are only five trans athletes even competing in school sports this year. I'm so glad you, okay. I was like, where was that? (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, I just, what? Five. Yeah. Five people. ostracize these kids, you know? I, I know that again, like sometimes I feel like I just sit here and say like the absolute most like asinine obvious things, but it, it feels like could we please let these five people, these five children or teens who already have the deck of life stacked against them because they have to deal with gender dysphoria. They have to deal with, I mean, it's hard enough to just be like, to identify with the same sex that you were assigned at birth. Like that's, it's it's hard enough to be a teen under the most like normative circumstances. Um, can we just chill on like adding burden after burden after burden um, yeah. onto these again in Ohio, five people like, yeah, 
why, why is this worth everyone's time to make their lives so, so much worse? Like at a legislative priority level, when there's so much else from a public health perspective, they could be doing from an infrastructure perspective, like from an education. I mean, could we do fucking anything else? (laughs) Like it's offensive to me. It's so offensive. It's like Twitter has become the legislature and the legislature has become Twitter. Like so many of these States that are trying, that are trying and or succeeding in in making these uh, bills into laws are doing horribly across like all metrics, you know, it's like they have high rates of homicide and terrible education and all these things. It's like, they're trying to distract from the real issues in the state. They're like, Oh, but look at these five trans kids trying to live their lives and play volleyball. We can't have that. Right. How dare they want to like be social and play a sport that they are trying to be good at? Like, Oh, Oh my God. Sorry. It speaks so poorly of our country right now. One of the many things, but like it is, it's just not, it's not a good look. No, absolutely not. And in uh, Tennessee, um, they had this, this fun law uh, where businesses that allowed trans people to use the bathroom that was appropriate for them, that they identified as that matched their gender identity. You might remember when they tra- they so they had to post this red and yellow like warning sign, basically like warning this establishment lets you know like, oh trans people use the bathroom, and we know, and it's we we know at this point that that's not a thing where people will pretend to be trans to commit right. assaults. Like so so far and wide, not a thing. Um, people mm-hmm. who are trans are much more likely to be victims of crimes than perpetrators. And people who are committing assaults, they just do it the old fashioned way. They just assault people they just they, they don't, just do they don't it have these little bathroom escapades <laughs> there are plenty of places that people can get away with assault unfortunately yeah <laughs> um, not advocating for that but you don't need to like go cosplay in a bathroom for that and that law was chilling because it was the first of its kind um it was signed last spring and it would have required these signs as part of like the building code and if these businesses didn't adhere to it, they would have faced criminal charges. Um, but again, a federal judge struck down that, and it was a real law. They struck it down. So yay. But again, there are going to be probably appeals in higher courts. And as we mentioned, mm-hmm. um, those higher courts might not be so just. Yeah. <laughs> Unfriendly, open-minded. Yeah, we, we can't really trust courts to act within the bounds of the law anymore Mm -hmm. and I just want to like quickly we we alluded to this but like all of this legislation that we're referring to that's like anti-LGBTQ is contradictory to the American Medical Association the American Psychiatric Association the American Academy of Pediatrics these are medical organizations that rely on science and evidence and data and they all are for gender affirming care um, mm-hmm. and for supporting kids who identify as queer, however kids identify. And the thing is, like hormone blockers, for instance, they've been used in medical care since the 90s. Like these aren't new things mm-hmm. that we don't know anything about. Like we know we have science, we have evidence. We also, maybe human empathy would be great, but. Yeah. Just from the science and medicine alone, these um, these bans, these laws are not supported by these organizations. Like, there's no, there's no logical, scientific, mm-hmm. ethical, 
human empathetic reason to be doing any of this. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm glad you, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up too, because uh, I always feel like I flail when it comes to like scientific definitions of things, but I think it's also worth pointing out. And we talked about this a couple of times, I think last year, maybe two years ago, but about when we really got into the turf issue um, that science at this point backs up the idea that gender is um, fluid, gender is a spectrum and just like sexuality is. So it's not, it isn't, it isn't that like, and I, and I think this is particularly hard for people to understand. Cue Dave Chappelle, cue Ricky Gervais, cue, you know, all the um, J.K. Rowling, any, anyone who um, feels that they're basically simply stating facts. Um, while that is tempting, I think, for a lot of people to just say, hey, I'm just like, you come out of, of your mother, like this is like paraphrasing Chappelle, like you come out of your mother like a boy or a girl. Um, and like that is that is fact and it shouldn't be controversial to say that it's like that is not actually accurate Mm -hmm. to where that's not fact that's not like what where science is going with with an understanding of gender for the majority of people yes you probably are going to align with the gender that you're assigned at birth and that's you know okay (laughs) it's a majority but it's not that's not where science is going um And so it's sort of frustrating because I think we're just behind and being able to to have language to substantially back up the evolving definition of gender. Yeah, there has been this this idea and this reality of people identifying as a gender that is different from what people assumed when they were born for a long time. Like it's not a modern thing. Like the reason, in my opinion, the reason why we have higher rates of people identifying as trans or gender non-conforming in younger generations is simply because there's more visibility um Mm -hmm. i wonder if we'll see any kind of backslides in younger generations identifying as these like and hopefully this legislation these bills it's a short glimpse it's a a short piece of history that maybe Mm -hmm. will get out from under um but i do wonder if that'll impact things negatively um, because, you know, there have been like two-spirit in the, in the indigenous, indigenous communities and other examples as well. But it's not, it's not a new concept. It's just mm-hmm. you have for the first time, I think part of it is you have people on show. I haven't ever watched Euphoria. Oh, yeah, One me neither. I will make peace with the fact that I'm old as shit and watch it and not understand or relate. But <laughs> um, <laughs> But like, for instance, they have a trans actor on that show and there are some trans actors on other shows who um, transitioned and took the the hormone blockers and um, they are normatively attractive according to the gender they identify as. Um, and I think this might be scary <laughs> to some mm-hmm. people um, on the right and they might not like this and they might feel like this is going quote unquote too far and they need to get in there and stop it um but the thing is people have always felt this way people have always been this way it's just we now have the technology the medicine the science to allow people that choose to um have things like gender affirming surgery do so Mm -hmm. Um, and we have the internet for, for better or for fucking worse and we have mm-hmm. access to things and people who 
you used to feel a certain kind of way and not see that reflected and not be able to find anyone. Mm-hmm. Even if maybe they had a classmate who felt the same way, no one was talking about it. So these people would spend their lives in the closet. And now some people still do because of really valid reasons and threats and their safety. Mm-hmm. But there's also this an abundance of knowledge and access to this information that wasn't there before. So I feel like that's probably the reason we're seeing higher numbers. It's not like, you know, it's like when certain things came to light about like, oh yeah, people are gay and certain things are going to be legal now. It's like, oh, numbers started to uptick. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden people were turning gay. It was just, yeah. there were words to feelings. And um, I don't think that people are being turned gay or trans. I think that they always were and they have the vocabulary and the examples to know that that's who they are. Right. I mean, maybe in the past people were, people either ended their own lives or ended up in Mm -hmm. sanatoriums. Um, Reagan, you know, died. Died, um, you know, in huge numbers. Uh, There was a really interesting thread um, on Twitter. Don't know who, sorry, but I bet if you Google like Twitter, Louise May Alcott um, trans, you will find it. But it was a really interesting, um, persuasive uh, argument Louisa Malcott, the writer of Little Women, grew up in Concord, where I'm from, so I'm kind of like, like could could give could give the whole tour of her of the Orchard House by memory, um, bragging. <laughs> um, but she was actually probably a trans man because she had her, she had people call her Lou, you know, instead of Louisa. Um, and her character in her alter ego was Joe in Little Women just kind of interesting and the way that she wrote about men or her relationship or her feelings towards men like Lori and little women um and the clothes that she wore anyway it was just like a really interesting um just persuasive thread about that and how that there um we only kind of could think about her in that context because we have enough details about her her life and her family and her writings to actually document that. But so it's like just a, another kind of supporting evidence that like, of course, there have always been, there has always been a population of people. They just haven't been heard. It hasn't been safe. There hasn't been language there. The science hasn't, hasn't um, been able to help validate and support what they're feeling as, uh, as real. <laughs> Yeah. And there's this one study that's cited that I just want to mention. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cited a lot by anti-trans people. It's by Lipman from Brown and it's a paper and she interviewed 250 parents of trans kids, which out the gate alarm should be sounding because she didn't interview the kids. Mm. Um, she only interviewed the parents and basically her takeaways were that people were choosing to identify as trans because they thought they'd have greater social influence and and or because of social influence but basically it was not true to their identity it was by and large because of the people around them um but not only did she only interview these parents she found these parents um, by posting surveys on websites for parents who are concerned about their kids being trans oh whoa (laughs) yeah and that's how she found all of her all of the people that she interviewed for this so she was asking for their opinions and so she would say things like they showed no signs of being trans until they came out 
Whoa. and that's based off of the parents saying they saw no signs and these parents are the parents <laughs> who found the survey because they were on a website basically in denial that their kids trans wow. and then she wrote this paper and it has been cited like there's the, a joe rogan podcast interview where he has someone on who's like talking about this and they're like who's gonna defend women um wow and yeah it's a very at the heart like it's like when you look at the anti-vax quote-unquote debate like mm -hmm. oftentimes there'll be like one study at the heart of it that just keeps getting cited and cited and cited and this Lipman paper um is i think an example of that and it is I could see someone like just glancing at it and like, oh, that's pretty compelling. But if you actually look at the methodology that they're using, it is so not <laughs> um, not something to be using. So I did want to flag that as well. If you see the Lippmann Brown study being um, being used as evidence, um, it's not one to use because. Uh, yeah, it, from the get-go, it was wildly flawed. Yeah, I'm so glad that you also, that you brought that up because I do feel like they're, and now, of course, I'm just scanning tabs to be like, where was it? <laughs> um, but yeah, that there was another another study that is often relied on. It wasn't Lippmann, and I'm, now I, of course, can't find it. But it was a study that basically said that like the people who, that about 82% of people who said that they, quote, detransitioned were... Um, attributed that decision to external factors such as pressure from family, school environments, vulner and vulnerability to violence. Um, so that feels like another thing that often comes up in conversations is like referencing people who detransition and why they detransition. And it's like, well, actually, the people that do, if like cite essentially feeling like their lives are at risk, they're pressured by family, they're, I don't know, that's 82% feels like. Yeah. It's a, a huge small, yeah, it's a small number to begin with. And then mm -hmm. of that number being like, well, yeah, because I've not truly detransitioned in my soul, but for my safety, I felt I had to identify as another gender. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, that's a really, really good point to bring up as well. And that like just all the studies are generally small, small sample sizes because this is hopefully hopefully an emerging area where there'll be more substantive research and and ability to get better data so that we can be like hopefully a more supportive society for this population of vulnerable people um but yeah especially those types of studies like the Lip Lipman one should be taken with a heaping fucking grain of salt yeah. if not discarded altogether yeah, and she even at the time apparently was like take this with a heaping grain of salt mm, mm -hmm. and people were like i'm gonna leave the salt here <laughs> make a whole <laughs> brand around this um but it yeah and, and also it's it's so scary to me that people just refuse to do like basic research when they're doing when they're making such wild um, claims and assertions um like it's one thing to 
like, yeah, we don't all have, we're not all going to do, you know, in-depth research about everything in our lives all the time. But if you're going to be advocating against someone's human rights, mm-hmm. maybe you shouldn't be citing one faulty research. It, it makes it seem like you've made your decision. You're looking for shit to back it up rather mm-hmm. than making a decision based off of the shit you've looked into. Like we've said, if you care about human beings, there's no fucking reason to be doing this. Um, and if you're a Christian and you're citing Christianity, you can check out the Reformation Project. They have many interpretations of the biblical text that speak to supporting people who are LGBTQ. Um, Human Rights Commission, HRC, also has some stuff to that nature. And you can also just Google it. Mm-hmm. Find a whole bunch, like a litany of other resources. Because um, I'm not religious, but I can understand how if you grow up in a community of religion and you identify as LGBTQ or you know people who do and you want to support them, that you need to kind of have access to that language and those readings of the scripture. Um, so there are resources out there that, that do that. And there are also churches and whatnot that provide environments that are genuinely supportive um, of people who are LGBTQ again. Mm-hmm. Not me. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a Christian, but yeah. I, you know, I, I support and respect people's right to religion. Um, and there's not just one reading of these texts. And if you think you know the word of God um, so well that you can take away people's rights and like, you know, yeah sentence them to eternal damnation it's like who gave you the right because i'm pretty sure like you're supposed to be like humble and whatnot yeah mm-hmm. or god and whatnot and i feel like jesus was pretty nice and chill and like mm. yeah doesn't uh, doesn't sit right yeah i totally agree it's like taking kind of taking just what you want um mm-hmm. from the bible shocking 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 i guess too and just like ugh, i don't even really it's like could talk about this either for hours or not at all because I think sometimes it's just too frustrating for me um but the fact that this is it often centers these conversations often center around um a conversation around womanhood (laughs) feels um like something to note you know it's often you know women are are pitting themselves against against other women against trans women um and creating divisions within the community of who gets to call themselves a woman this is a war raging I guess in the feminist community too like of the leftist feminists um there are a lot of people who call themselves feminists who want to exclude trans women from spaces that are supposed to be for women and that makes me really sad because I just feel like I can't speak for all women but it, it does really bother me that it feels like this is something where a lot of women have decided like this is a hill they want to die on and like they're gonna hew to a very strict interpretation of the definition of a woman and it just seems uh narrow-minded especially considering that you can't really point to um, any violence that would happen or has happened by including trans women in all all women's spaces um so just kind of wanted to throw that out there that it just makes me extra kind of sad that this is something that feels like the um, when we're when there are lots of like internal fighting and in, infighting, it's amongst like women and feminists. It's just like pe- or people who identify as feminists, and that makes me fucking sad. 
Yeah, these turfs. Mm-mm. Yeah. And now for We See You. All righty. So uh, Remy Bader, who I guess is a TikTok star. I'm not. <laughs> not hip to it? Not, not <laughs> hip to it. I, you know, I've, I've, I will spend more time on her in the future, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> uh, but apparently she went on a trip with some other influencers and there was a ranch, a decaller ranch that wouldn't allow her to ride their horses due to her weight, which she had no problem with um, because there are like safety things or if you weigh a certain percentage of the horse's weight, like you're not allowed to ride them. And she had zero problem with that. She's like, I'm not trying to make any horses unsafe here. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of their staffers apparently um, laughed at her, called her a fat bitch and made a TikTok video where he was talking about, yeah, how basically... Oh. Yeah, you can come to uh, when you're not a fat bitch, you can ride at Deep Hollow <sighs> Ranch, is what he said in response to one of her um, one of her video comments. Wow, um, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, uh, but his, it looks like Brody. Oh, great! It would be Brody, but it's B R O U D Y, which is disgusting and the ranch apologized for him and his behavior but it's just unnecessary you know it's it's yeah. i can't ride my nieces and nephews little fucking robotic unicorn and i want to um, <laughs> i understand i can't um and that's fine but just like she was like this is fine like i cool I, I can't participate would have loved a heads up before I showed up here with all of these people yeah um, but the fact that this person felt empowered this teenage boy to not just yeah. laugh at her and mock her in person but to post a TikTok video saying that as long as you're not a fat bitch you can show up there really unnecessary mm-hmm. um on a number of levels really disgusting yeah and I hope that either he searches deep in his soul and becomes a better person and lets us in on that journey or he never speaks again yeah um, so we see you too i'm just gonna call you brody if yeah you like brody. brody i see you we brody see you hey <laughs> oh man brody um well, my first we see you is to Biden basically like confirming that he's going to run for re-election in 2024. Dang, why is he doing this? Oh, why? He basically told us he wouldn't. Do he that. basically did. He <sighs> did. When he was running, he said he was seeing himself as a one-term president, as a caretaker president. Like he had to run because of like the state the nation was in. But like the fact that he's actually saying that he's going to run in 2024 when honestly I have concerns currently I had concerns when he was running I have concerns now that span a lot of different layers but um I, I'm it, it, I'm speechless really um and his press secretary was like uh Corrine Jean Jean-Pierre said like to be clear Biden has always the president has always indicated he would he would seek re-election and it was like no, he hasn't. No. Like. No, he hasn't. Like, she tweeted that, and I was just sort of, like, enraged, because, like, that's also gaslighting. You could at least be like, he's changed his mind, or he's evolved on the issue, and I'd still be the same amount of upset. But this is, like, 
this is just like you're gaslighting us. You're telling us just the whole thing. We, I don't know what to do about this. It's like, oh my God, I'm just going to put it in like a corner of my frustrated little brain and deal with it later. But like, oh man, I can't believe he's going to run. It's going to be Biden versus Trump again. (laughs) I don't know if I can like muster in any enthusiasm. (laughs) I don't know the fucking people. Yeah. Like, so. well, I'm not happy with gas prices, so I'm going to vote for Trump. I'm like, okay, you fucking idiot. Like, uh, well, inflation. Inflation, anyway. so I'm going to vote for Trump. Okay, oh, so. Joining Russia. Yeah, more. we see you to that. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Uh, my, my next we see you is for an individual... I saw on Facebook, so I'm not going to use her actual name. I'm just going to call her a bad faith commenter. <laughs> um, so Lizzo had like, oh yeah, the appropriate response to a thing. Um, she got a new song out, girls. She used a word that is considered derogatory towards certain people with disabilities, particularly in the UK. Um, in the UK, it was like super very often used from what I was looking at um, against people who had specific disabilities in the U S less so, but it's still apparently not a term to use. And which I guess I didn't really know. No, it's and the, what, when, where I learned about it was from like a disability activist I follow who's from the UK Mm. and I saw it and I was kind of, it was my initial response was like, has the woke culture gone too yeah. far? <laughs> Genuinely. And I felt shitty about it, but I was like, Lizzo. Oh, yeah. I'm like, is this? And I looked into it and it was like, apparently like when I was like, get the comments, it was like pre-divided along like national lines. Um, mm. Either way, a lot of people had been like bullied and ridiculed and this term was used against them. And there were a lot of people saying, I've only used the, I've only heard this term used um against people with this disability mm. um, so t- like learning moment yeah you know? yeah and lizzo immediately pretty much so she said it's been brought to my attention there's a harmful word in my new song girls let me make one thing clear i never want to promote derogatory language as a fat black woman in america i've had many hurtful words used against me so i un- overstand the power words can have whether intentionally or in my case unintentionally I'm proud to say there's a new version of Girls with a lyric change. This is a result of me listening and taking action. As an influential artist, I've dedic- I'm dedicated to being part of the change I've been waiting to see in the world. XOXO Lizzo. Such a great response. Perfect. Like, yeah. literally perfect. Chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nice to see that. Yeah. You, know, you don't often see that. You see people, like, kind of circling back and be like, well, I didn't. Yeah. Or if they make an actual change, it takes a really long time. Mm-hmm. So I see this comment. <laughs> Hmm, this feels a bit neat. I really, really hope this whole thing wasn't a PR move from start to finish. A what? 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 Are we... I saw that I got so angry. Yeah. Lizzo has been about inclusivity, about diversity since Mm -hmm. day one. Mm -hmm. Um, She gave the perfect response quote-unquote perfect response but like she gave a very authentic response that was very in line with who she has always been every single human being makes like makes mistakes in this world 
are we really not going to allow people the freedom to be human beings and to make mistakes and then correct them um when she genuinely i didn't know that that was a harmful term i didn't realize it until seeing it from like uk people yeah me either that it was so it's like can we if we fucking not to sound republican but it's like if we like (laughs) if we decide people are awful cancelable villains the second that they do something that is harmful to someone else without realizing it making a mistake mm-hmm. even when their response is exactly what the people who are hurt are asking for what the fuck like we need to allow um people the space and the freedom especially when they've always acted in good faith to apologize and to make the changes necessary and move on like if anything, she was the perfect example of like what to do when you make a mistake. Because like I said, we all do it. Every single human being. None of us was bored woke, you know? Right. We all make mistakes. We all say things that we don't realize are harmful to certain people. And, you know, it's part of being a human being and learning and growing. And I just hate that there are people who are like, oh, she orchestrated it. Yeah. No. no. Like she planted this song and then was like i'm going to use this as an opportunity to no that's no. not no um no. and there's also a white woman who of made course this and it's like what did, what did you say when you were 15 years old? you know like what did oh, you say yeah. oh my goodness you i know, mean sure. no kinds of things Again, All kind, of i mean much more offensive terms that are now like totally unacceptable that i know you know i know that i used because like everyone else was using them you know yeah like, like remember when it was all the rage to just call things gay to mean bad yes yes like I, our entire like fifth like, grade you would just say yeah. that like really yeah yeah and we look back and we're like oh my god that's terrible like right I'm like oh my yeah and you learn yikes. and you grow and you you mean it and you move on but like for like she described herself as a fat black woman who's like experienced plenty of discrimination like why do we give her the benefit of the doubt when everything she's done publicly yeah. to date has yeah. showed that she is inclusive and that she is here for diversity? Um, totally. Yeah, I just I hated that take. Like we're so if she gave a response you didn't like, you would have said this isn't an appropriate response. If she gave a great response, you're like, mm, was it planned? Yeah, just lose lose forever. Yeah. No. <laughs> No, thank you. We see you. Ugh, we see you. Um, so yeah, the next one for me is just like calling out briefly that there have been like a lot of crazy climate events happening, like all over the place, but definitely in the U.S. Like, uh, and it's really, I mean, there's a heat wave that's going to affect like 120 million people, um, in, the, uh, in like throughout the southern U.S. and in the Southwest, um with like just unprecedented, an unprecedented heat wave. There was the Yellowstone flood, which now has closed like pretty much um, huge portion of Yellowstone because, um, and, and like destroyed part of the the road. Um, there's like this crazy uh, aerial footage video that just um, basically shows how um, part of the, the road um, was destroyed by the floods, the flooding. Um, and, um, 
then there was this derecho. I'm, is it a derecho or derecho? <laughs> My friend from Iowa is going to be so sad that I forget. Um, and we certainly do not pay that much attention to weather events in the Midwest. I know this um, because like in um, where my friend lives in Iowa city, there was this, or Iowa city in um, Cedar Rapids, there was this like once in a lifetime derecho that really fucked up their whole city and like got rid of like 80% of the tree cover. And the like. it was just like, it really was all anyone was talking about. And when I was there, it was like, almost a year after the derecho and you could, and it looked like it had been maybe been a week. There was just like trees still down and it was a disaster. Anyway, there was another like pretty terrifying derecho um, in, I think, Indiana. Um, And that, you know, the winds were up to like 80 miles an hour and um, just pretty, um, basically just like pretty terrifying weather events that are kind of consistently happening. So in addition to like sea levels rising and wildfires, there's also just like weird flash floods that are scary and shutting things down at Yellowstone and heat waves that are also causing um, more deaths in like the Southwest um, because they're more prolonged and higher heat than um, is really, than people are really used to and that humans are used to dealing with without AC or anything. So that's um, causing kind of, I think probably just going to be an ongoing public health issue. But yeah, just calling out some of the things that from the last week where I was like, oh, oh, whoa. (laughs) So the environment continues to decline. Yay. Scary. (laughs) I don't have AC and it feels like a fucking public health issue. Um, Nancy Pelosi. Oh. Who said... It might come as a surprise to some of you, not to me, Nancy. The president <laughs> I quote most often is President Reagan. The good oh. humor of our president was really a tonic for the nation. The gentleman that he was. Um, wow. Again, like you were mentioning uh, Jill Biden in her <laughs> comments, uh, it's Pride Month. Um, and, and something I've seen around a lot is consider how few gay men over the age of 50 that you've met um Mm. and a friend of mine actually posted ronald reagan certainly did have a good humor about an entire generation of us disappearing from the face of the earth Mm. um him and his team famously laughed about aids and its victims consider what it's like for gays to see the good guys speak like this quote unquote the good guys Mm -hmm. speak like this about the man that oversaw a kind of passive genocide which i think um it's a great way to put it and I don't have much to add I think that when we lionize certain figures um who did again none of us are perfect we all make mistakes even Lizzo but there are certain things that are bigger than a small mistake you Mm -hmm. know decisions that wiped out entire generations of human beings done with humor you know a little laugh yeah um are not really forgivable things and nancy pelosi fucking retire yeah i'm done with you and you should you should realize your 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 time's up and you need to go retire and and chill um (sighs) you for for that comment and for your general out of touch 
uh, vibe that's kind of uh, at least partially responsible for killing the party uh, that you belong to. Yeah, yeah. Stop clutching on to the power and let it go. Yep. Um, not just Nancy. There are plenty of old white men. Um, mm-hmm. You should heed this message just as much, if not more. Oh, yeah. uh, but because of that particular comment and statement, uh, mm-hmm. Nancy, we see you. Stop. Please. Mm-hmm. I did donate the Pelosi Democrat hat that my father gifted me <laughs> last year. Oh gosh, we see you to her and honestly to like all of the people who need to retire and needed to retire actually a long time ago. And have any of them really been mentoring anyone? You know, that's another question that I have for Diane Feinstein and, you know, Nancy Pelosi specifically. And anyway, Joe Biden. Get 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 everyone, everyone get the fuck clear cleaning house. New people, new people. Um my last we see you, I'm gonna do kind of a fun one. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. It's more of just complaining. Um, people have been people, people on my side of the internet have been waiting for a while for this for the Netflix trailer for the new persuasion adaptation. Um, and it came out today and it was really disappointing. Like really <laughs> stupid. It has Dakota Johnson, which is already probably a miscast for the main character, but it's basically do, trying to do. It's from the create the same person who directed Emma and the 2006 Inferior Pride and Prejudice. Um, yeah. But Emma was really good. But the reason why Emma worked is sort of like quirky and modern and anachronistic. Like I'm winking at the camera. I'm being cutesy. Meet meet meet. Like was because. Emma was a is a totally different tone than Persuasion. The books are so they're totally different, and Emma is like kind of about like a a character who's sort of like a little bit bitchy and immature and sort of spoiled, like learning that she is all those things and changing and getting better. Um, and Persuasion is serious and sort of heartbreaking and heart achy until like the very end. Um, and this tone was like we're doing Emma again. You know, it was just sort of like, what? And they were, there was breaking of the fourth wall. There was a, there was a, they've written some of the dialogue as like totally modern where one of the, one of the lines is like, we were worse than friends. We or no, we were worse than exes. We'd become friends. It's like, that is not a Jane Austen piece of dialogue. You shits. Like, (laughs) I, like just this i i love bridgerton i love emma and i'm i will be watching this persuasion but i'm watching under protest (laughs) so like we see you to just the whole creative team because like you messed this up (laughs) we'll have to watch it and discuss (laughs) yeah Um, a good thing Mm -hmm. The only thing I have is that uh, <laughs> I guess the United States is plugging abandoned oil and gas wells that have been leaking climate warming methane, and it's also creating thousands of jobs. So, <laughs> um, great. Too bad they've been leaking methane, but yeah, will be plugged and jobs will be created. So, as always, a um. Uh, a good thing that you know comes out of a bad thing but you know you can't know the sunshine without the storms can you i guess Uh, not not in this country (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, that's um, that's good. That's my my good thing that comes out of a bad thing was going to be how Houston moved twenty five thousand people from the streets into homes of their own. It's like hey. trying to solve homelessness, which is great. Big number. Yeah, it's a big number. So there's a huge article in the New York Times, which I spoiler alert haven't haven't fully read, um, but it's open in a tab, so I yeah. shall be reading it. <laughs> oh, well, yay to homes and plugging up methane. <laughs> Wow. Hooray. Oh, good, good, good. Huh. Oh, well, I hope you enjoy you've had you've had a long day, so I hope you enjoy uh something relaxing, like an iced beverage or something now. now I mean, you're... It's nine forty seven. I'm gonna go to bed. Oh. Well yeah, I guess so. I'm gonna go to bed by ten because baby wake <laughs> up. I thought that my child who slept from seven to seven in Seattle would do something similar here, but she she up by five now. Wow. Makes no sense to me. Oh my gosh. And she's probably thrilled to see you. She's so excited in the morning. And just sleep like two more hours or one more hour. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Charlie and I, we got a, we were gifted a bottle of champagne when we sold our house. Mm-hmm. And we've been planning to drink it. <laughs> You've moved it across the country with us. We're going to have it the first night here. And then, but every single night, one of us is like, I'm too tired. I can't yeah. Just... So we'll just probably have that for the rest of our lives. But, yeah. Um... It'll become like a cute artifact that you just bring around from place to place. Or maybe our stuff will show up and then we'll have champagne and Frankie will go to bed early and it'll be great. And then she'll sleep in. Oh, that sounds delightful. I hope that happens for you. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, that's probably it for us. Feminists Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcast. Bye. Bye.